Matt. I'm Delton. And welcome to Sage and Cynical, a podcast where we attempt wisdom, but end up just rambling incoherently, failing everything in our lives, failing all our goals, and then dying in a fire on the side of the road. Accurate. So, happy Father's Day to the fathers out there. This is my first Father's Day. Congrats. Just cool. Thank you. I don't even need the day. It's just cool being a father. Yeah. I was thinking about this the other day. The weird thing about fatherhood is... Like, so before I had my daughter, like, I didn't know if, like, I was going to be good at it or if I was going to regret it or if she was even going to, like, like me. You know what I mean? There's a lot of unsurety, especially when you wait till my age to have a kid. But, like, just immediately, the moment she was born, it was completely worth it. It's instinct. Yeah. I don't know if that's for everybody. But it's not. Yeah. But it was. it's a weird switch that, like, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is sweet. I couldn't even imagine her not being here now. Yeah, you're, uh... Yeah, shit's in your DNA, man. Right. Well, I know, you know, the mother has that literal physical biological connection. Somebody told me that the babies t- at their youngest tend to look more like the father, and that is literally a evolutionary trick to make sure the father can attach quicker because the father doesn't have the biological attachment. So I don't, I would have to look that up, but sounds good. She definitely looked a little, she looks a lot more like my wife now. Um, but she definitely looked a lot more like me right out, like out of the gates. Yeah. That's interesting. Maybe like, so you don't run off, feel more, right. like, more attached, more right. emotionally invested. Yeah. Well, I think that's the idea is like evolution knows that knows, but you know, that the mother's really for the most part is higher attachment rate for the mother. Cause they're just literally physically like all that oxytocin and shit can just blast each other. But the father is just kind of not in the mix like everything he gets is just has to be emotional and sort of in his own brain and so the idea is that nature's made it uh so that you just see yourself in the baby more but what about these guys who can have a kid and just walk out run away what's missing well maybe they're ugly and so the baby's ugly and they see themselves in it and they hate what they see they're not evolved yeah. maybe they're not evolved yeah. maybe they're missing that Vitamin K or something. <laughs> yeah, vitamin K. <laughs> Maybe they yeah. didn't have enough vitamin K in their diet and, you know, they're able to just procreate and yeah. run off. I don't know. Like, I have friends who said that, like, when their kid was first born, they they felt bad because they didn't really even feel much at first. Because they, they, they battled with this, like, not feeling the love that they felt they should feel. Um, but then it came, and they're a great father. You know what I mean? It took time. But like for me, it was like instantaneous. Yeah, it was instant like, for me as well. As soon as I seen him, yeah, I think with Liam, it was at first sight. Yeah. As soon as I saw him, I'm like, oh, this is my dude. With Lillian, I don't know if it was because I, I knew what to expect, but I think it was before she was even here. Just the thought of her, the idea of her, I was yeah. like, oh, I love this little girl. That makes sense to me because like I can imagine if we do have a second, the pregnancy would be less. It'll be less abstract. Yeah. Like my daughter was just sort of an abstract concept for a while because you couldn't see her. Like sometimes you'd see her poking through the belly and shit like that, but I never met her. I've never had a kid. I never, so it's like, she's almost, even though obviously she's really a real object, but to my perception, she's just a concept. So I needed to like kind of see her and hold her to attach more, I guess on a second one. Now that I've, like you said, now that I've been through it, I feel like it'll just, I'll probably, be the same way because i've been through it because when you haven't been through it it's fucking crazy the first time i mean it's 
the birth process, like that all is the whole thing. It's nuts. It's weird. Yeah. And not really well designed, like <laughs> a lot of death like yeah. since before modern medicine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Both of mine were a C-section. You're in a operating room and they have this curtain up and the surgeons are working on her. Right. Yeah. And cutting her open and all that crazy stuff. And I'm up there by her head. She's sedated, but she's awake. Right. And I'm, t- I'm talking to her. They're, they're talking amongst each other. They're saying, you know, asking for tools, this, that, and then I get that out of the way. And, and then there's a weird silence right before you hear, oh, there he is. Yeah. And then moments later, cry. Yeah. I did make the mistake with Lillian of kind of looking around the curtain. Yeah. And bud. Yeah, she's being her her abdomen is being sliced up. Yeah, and they take all the stuff out and yeah. lay it like to the side to get to the yeah. And then like I guess when they get the baby out, this I don't know what happens. I'm just saying that they shove all the stuff back in, stitch her up. Yeah. After they do the checks with the kids, I get to walk the kid back to our room. Oh, nice. Pretty crazy, man. But yeah, it was awesome. I do it five more times. Of course I would. I'm right. not the one that has to get like right. sawed open with a... Yeah. You know? That's crazy. Cool. That's crazy. Hey, I'm just going to be over here. I didn't get a lot of sleep. I'll be fine. Yeah. Meanwhile, she's, you know, bleeding and... She's in a Saw movie. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a funny thing. There's a father experience, but you can't really compare it to the mother because it's not nothing's physically happening to you. No, not you at know all. What I mean? I'm tired a couple times. Yeah. Like, I, when the baby comes, obviously you get a little... Uh, more uncomfortable but it's by no means comparable you can't compare right. it right no for sure so yeah the reason i brought this up is i was thinking about so i tend to be a very like i feel like this is going i don't want to just sound like a an old boomer just complaining about the the youth but I, i'm i'm very thick-skinned and it's very important to me to be somewhat tough like letting things bother me like if something offends me I tend to react internally like that's weakness on my part. Unless it's something that, like, somebody's saying something horrible. There's a point where you got to blame the other party if they're being offensive. So I tend to not like having vulnerability. Losing my daughter, it's a big vulnerability that I've never had before. Like, I've had no, I've had solid wall of armor emotionally for myself my whole life. And now there's this person who is unbelievably vulnerable and my armor is wide open because if something happened to her, I don't even understand the recovery process. Like I couldn't even imagine it. That's a you universal know? worry though. It's a sick trick almost. Yeah. You know, it's like, man, give me the most weightiest worry on the face of the planet while also giving me the most responsibility. Yeah. 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 You know? Yeah. I agree. That is something that, I couldn't even put together how I would respond to that. And I know people who have lost uh, their kids and it it has changed them. They don't, they're not even the same person anymore. People tell you this stuff all the time. They're fucking Facebook memes out there, you know, live, laugh, love bullshit. Yeah. You know, and like you can intellectually hear this, but I've been told all this kind of stuff about what it's like to be a parent by parents all the time. You're just like, Oh, whatever. An old man. You know, then you have a kid and it's like, oh, if you don't have a kid, you just can't really know. Yeah. Because the biological like switch, the mental switch, it has to be experienced. 
The other thing that being a father has really pushed, like I, I always strive to be disciplined, but I fail miserably, if you can't see. Like I've lived a pretty hedonistic life where like I've just sort of eaten what I want and did the drugs that I wanted to do and did what I want and avoided like, not avoided responsibility in the sense that like I was letting everything burn around me, but I didn't want to shoulder shit if I didn't have to, which is fine to me. Like that's, that's totally legit. If you're not hurting anybody, like cool. But the older I get, the more I value living a more disciplined life and have found the benefit of being disciplined, especially for, for my daughter. Like I want her to see somebody who has their shit together more, somebody who can put his mind to something and then do it. And so I'm trying to transition away from my previous, more hedonistic way of doing things to be more disciplined, not just by, for example, for her, but also because it, there's like a, a fulfillment in taking on more responsibility in life, which is something that like I've been really feeling lately, especially with fatherhood. And I think this is something that's affecting our youth a lot now is like having no discipline, having no responsibility on your shoulders. It, it's, it's really shallow and unfulfilling after a while. Like people who just spend their whole life doing nothing but partying and whatever the fuck they want at all times and don't like do hard things that are rewarding. I think it's a, I think it's a negative way to live your life. What's more fulfilling to you right now? Is it setting a good example for your kid? Or if you went back to that hedonistic lifestyle, what's better? Well, yeah, part of it is definitely setting a good example, but that's like secondary. The older I get, the less allure. So you've changed. Yeah. It's cool for a while. It's, it's what you're supposed to do with your youth, kind of, right? You experiment with that stuff. Then when you get older, you start realizing that it just holds no value. Do you think uh, youth in, say, Kenya are hedonistic? I think well, it's an I think American hedonism thing. Hedonism is a luxury. Hedonism is a luxury. And it's not yeah. something that you're supposed to do. It's just something that happens right. when there's a lack of uh, useful things to do. Yeah, or, and structure. Or and a mission, rather. Purpose. Like if you have a mission, right now your mission is to take care of your kid and provide for your family. And that's a pretty awesome mission. That's like. There's a lot of dividends that come out of that. Quality sure. of life increases. It's what you're designed to do, but also you're designed to do what makes you the most happy and fulfilled. It's the same thing for me. I'm only going to thrive in an environment where I'm pressured into providing for people. Sure. And, and also, uh, secondarily, the rest of society. Yeah, right? I feel a duty. Family, I right? feel a duty to be as productive to set an example for my neighbor, even right. I don't always meet the mark. Oh, I, sure. I rarely meet the mark, right. but it is something that I think about. I, I got to stop being fat. That's that. Like when I stop being fat, that's going to be a big sign of my, my discipline stepping up. Yeah. This makes me want to talk about fat acceptance culture. So let's talk about the word shaming. Like, I don't think you should be shamed especially by strangers. If somebody ever comes up and makes fun of me who I don't know for being fat, like I'm gonna fucking kick him in the dick because you're not allowed to be shitty to me. But saying, hey, being overweight is bad for you. You're, you're less healthy. You're gonna break down your body faster and you can live a happier life if you lost weight. That's not shaming. And that's getting conflated with shaming now. Like you see these weird fat acceptance movements where it's like, again, accept yourself for who you are, be who you are, right? Be happy. If you can be happy in 9,000 pounds, cool. 
but I kind of doubt you're really happy. I mean, 9,000 pounds, I mean, holy shit. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that if my family came up to me and said, we're worried about you because you're this weight, nobody's shaming me. They're right. They should be worried. I will die sooner at this weight than I would if I lost all the weight. I think this fat acceptance, like when you see that model, I don't remember her name, Tess Holiday. Did I get it right? But he's, I've seen things of her working out and she has like trouble walking sometimes. Sure, she's fine. Like I have no problem with her as a person. I don't think she should be shamed. But I feel like putting somebody like that as a model, it just sends an unhealthy message to people that I just don't think we should try to think how to word this. Because again, I, I don't want a, a young, f overweight girl to think that she has to be skinny to be loved. But I think that just from a health perspective, that I would prefer her not to have influences that tell her it's okay to be 300 pounds. Yeah. Because it just, it isn't. Not, I mean, again, it's okay if you want to do that and you're an adult and everything, like do whatever you want to do. But I don't go through life believing that like, I wouldn't be better off if I lost weight. I absolutely would be. And it's just like a fact. We've gotten to this place where like scientific fact is secondary to people's emotions. Again, if there's an intervention for some young boy, some young girl by their family to lose weight because it's getting out of control, there's, there's people that would say that that's fucking fat shaming and that that's cruel. Um, and they're insane. In an intervention to help better someone's weight or any other issue. To look at that negatively is a pretty, pretty strange idea. So are they saying that you shouldn't intervene and just let her be heavy because it's fat shaming? Or are they just simply saying, hey, you can still do that, but hey, by the way, she is big and it's okay to be big and be beautiful still. The hardcore like fat acceptance community says you shouldn't even say that to her and that there's nothing unhealthy. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, there's scientific facts that right. will state that even being 20 pounds overweight will. Yeah. It's very strange to say that, like, you, like, I'm fat and it's not good and I need to, I work on it all the time. It's not healthy to tell me that I am fine and that telling me that I'm as healthy as I ever could be, that I wouldn't be healthier if I lost 100 pounds. That's just delusional. You're, you're just leaving behind reality at this point. There's a guy named Obese to Beast. I don't know if you've, it's kind of a sweet name. He's like some young kid. He's been around for a while now. He's uh, big on Instagram and shit. He's like lost. I probably like, ran across him on the social media at one point. That well, sounds his, familiar. His infamous videos, he shows off all his loose skin. He does a video where he mm. shows, like, here's... I've seen that. That's, like, the big viral thing that got him yeah. big. And he talks, he talks about this all the time. There are people that are just, like, pushing this narrative that it's okay to be fucking 200 pounds overweight and that you shouldn't lose weight. And anyone that tells you otherwise is just shaming. It's like, there are people that are shaming you. Like, if somebody's like, fuck you, you fat piece of shit. Oh, my God. You're ugly. You're fat. You're bald. You look like a douchebag. Well, that, that's fine, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, like, then that's one thing. Just don't be cruel to people, especially over characteristics. But, like, literally, there are people that, like, their doctor tells them to lose weight. And they say they were fat shamed by their doctor. Fucking crazy, dude. Have you have you ever watched uh, Thousand Pound Sisters? Uh, I have watched some of the clips. Yeah, that doctor is he's the next canceled, but he goes in there and just calls it like it is. Oh, you you you're too big. You're eating too much. It's just it's too much. You're drinking and all the wrong things. You're just too overweight. What are you doing? You know, what accent is that? I don't know. That's kind of how he talks. Oh, okay. he, he does have an accent. Yeah. Uh, but he's real to the point. He tells him like, hey, well, yeah, he's a real you're, doctor. You're, you're too big. You're going to die. 
isn't that what they're, you're supposed to do? You're supposed to help someone. What do we do about smoking? Do we tell people that uh, smoking's not bad for fear of smoke shaming them? Like what? Why? Why can't we say that about being overweight? That's a good point. Like somebody, if I'm like smoking, don't smoke shame me, bro. Hey, I'm just letting you know that doing that is much more likely to kill you, and I want you to be around. I think the fat thing it's because it has to do with honestly women and looks and societal expectations. Women have certainly been body shamed for a long fucking time, and our history has been nothing but brutality to women as a species. I mean, there's this no doubt. Like, feminism has points. Yes. But now we've taken this pendulum and we've swung it to where you're not even allowed to, to tell somebody you're worried about their health if it has to do with their looks. That's crazy. I, I think that uh, we, as a society, are definitely hard on women. When these women are looking at Instagram and they're scrolling through and they're, they're seeing what anyone sees and it's right. pretty, pretty brutal. Unless you're wearing 14 pounds of makeup and you have collagen in your lips and your eyebrows and they've t- somehow removed like all the fucking skin off your neck. And yeah. that's tough to deal with. And I understand why there's probably a large community of women who like, hey, like, you can't even talk to me about being Anything. overweight anymore. You can't talk to me about this. You can't do it. I understand that because, I mean, it's, it's brutal, but eh, it's too far. Once it goes into health, you should be able to at least maybe expect someone not to be in unhealthy territory. But let's quit being uh, fucking insane with our expectations yeah. as men and women. Sure. But maybe we just uh, need yeah. to be realistic, man. And we're, ideas that you that you're seeing now are from outer space. You make a good point when you talk about women have been told what to do and how to look for so long that there's these extreme forms. And that makes sense. I, like, I totally agree with that. And I understand why this has led to this point. But it's like this fucking pendulum that has just gone off into the deep end now. We could go find posts of people complaining about their doctors fat shaming them. Another thing that I found is compliments are not even okay anymore. Like you, yeah. there, there's a idea that you shouldn't even compliment someone because if you do, you're inherently pulling some kind of insecurity uh, to surface that they might be upset about. So if I say, Matt, man, you're great shirt. You look great in orange. Your tits are looking nice today, Matt. (laughs) Yeah. Your tits are looking nice. Then all of a sudden you're like, Oh my God, he mentioned my tits and I'm really self-conscious about them because they're so big. And you know, yeah, I'm weird, awkward about giving and receiving compliments, but I know what you're saying. It's like we've gotten to a point with sensitivity where everybody is just walking around in a ball of anxiety and fear and everyone else needs to appease them and everybody needs every feeling, every insecurity they've ever had to be completely appeased by all people around them. It's fucking pathetic. And I understand not wanting to be cruel to people. Somebody like really making a woman feel bad for her body with no concern for her health like that shouldn't be tolerated either so like there's definitely value in you know hashtag me too or hashtag like treat with i mean i'm just making a hashtag up but the problem is it's gotten to hashtag don't do or say anything i don't like know all my insecurities accommodate them fully and don't say what you want in my presence because i'm such a fragile person these people need a mission you don't have something to do and you don't have self-worth. You're going to breed negative traits, negative mm-hmm. thoughts, negative actions, and go out and find something. Yeah, touch grass. Touch grass. Find something productive. 
Yeah, and um, that's the thing. Like, if you're on Twitter, find someone to care for, find something to care for, find something to create, get into art, do something. But um, to sit around and just create these issues and to just make up shit to be mad about. I mean, it's not made up, but to take things. Well, that some are, of it's not made up, and then they just keep going to these extremes. Like, again, I don't want anyone to think that I'm like saying you're allowed to shame women and fucking tell them how to look like obviously i'm just saying but we've... we're making up the idea that it's cool to be 300 pounds overweight and, yeah. and and not say something to someone about it like that's made up right that's fucking outer space stuff no it, that's stupid that's yeah. you know twilight zone shit to yeah, me yeah just fucking go do something different yeah folk refocus the energy on stuff that like helps because that's definitely not helpful and a lot of this is exacerbated by twitter we have a Twitter. You should go to our Twitter. But then after that, touch fucking grass, bro. Because, like, that's people there. I know people who just live in the Internet bubble of politic fighting. And it's everything is a war. and Everything is way more serious and everything like they don't have things happening. And they, their whole life is 140 characters. or I, I think they raised it now, whatever it is now, 300. I don't remember what it is. They get so insulated in these groups and they don't go out and meet fucking regular people who most people aren't like that. Most people aren't the horrible Nazi fascist anti-woman bigots or the crying snowflake liberal bleeding hearts. Like people tend to be more reasoned. I can find similarities with a psycho Trump person. And I don't mean that everyone who votes for, for Trump is a psycho, but you know who I mean. Psycho Trump people. They're like stop the steal, he's going to come back, QAnon, like all that shit. I can be friends with those people to a degree. I mean, if you're a fucking straight up bigot, I can't be friends with you, right? If you're like anti-gay, anti-trans, if you're racist, like, yeah, those are things that uh, there's, there's lines in the sand for me. The line in the sand online is if you don't agree with everything that I think and say at all fucking times, you're my enemy. Maybe the internet is just for those kind of people. Because the vast majority of the people who are not like this are not yeah. the kind of people who stay on the internet. Just like you said, they, they live in their world. Their ecosystem is internet and message boards and uh, discords and all that shit. Most oh, yeah. By the way, we have a discord now. And the link will be in the video. Join our discord. We will encourage you to touch grass. But we have a discord. <laughs> yeah. I like interrupting Delton in his train of thought to pitch our shit. It's yeah. funny. So now let's watch him get back on. Throws me off course. Yeah. Gotta go try to find <laughs> it. Um, but that's, that's the negative effect of the internet because it's given yeah. people who think like that a platform. They're able to assemble and create movements and create noise a lot easier. And it's out. Everyone can see it. And most importantly and most damagingly, they don't absorb other views. They reject, they get insulated. They, yeah. you, you gotta be in their in group and think what they think. And anyone who isn't is the other. And then that's it. They won't, like I said, like they could never be friends with somebody who has vastly different political views than them. And I think that is a big fucking problem. The other thing the internet does is I think it just entitles people. They get a tiny bit of power. It's like Yelp reviews or like, um, I don't, I don't even look at Yelp reviews. I don't even, if I'm making a purchasing decision yeah. or a Google review or whatever, I don't actually take the negative ones right. as a uh, decision maker for me. Because yeah. usually the, the negative review, it's, 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 it's ignorant. It's, or it's somebody who's super entitled to something or they, they broke it or they, it's a lot of the times I see it on Amazon too, where it's like this thing didn't do X and you're like, yeah, but 
it's not supposed to do X. You're just stupid and you bought something without knowing what it is. And you're like entitled to fucking be given everything in the universe or something. It's weird. My brother uh, was talking about a, one of his friends who walked into a dealership to just buy a, a bike, a motorcycle. Walked in when the salesman was on his lunch break and the salesman said, hey, let me just finish eating real quick and I'll help you. He got pissed, left and went a, bought a shittier bike. Decided that the brand he had originally walked in to buy was terrible because of that guy eating his lunch. Uh, and then bragged about it after he did that. Oh, I just went and bought this instead because, well, I went in there and I'll just never buy that again. And I'm like, dude, it was a guy eating his lunch. He was yeah. probably there for 10 fucking hours. And yeah. you just cut him a, some slack. Maybe he shouldn't have said that. But then also he's on his fucking lunch break. Do we deny people that? You're stupid, man. Yeah. You know, I agree. I think that people are really entitled it's to like, fucking to, entitled, like man. to like especially to people's labor it's like dude if a guy's eating lunch i can w look around at a motorcycle shop for 10 minutes and wait for a guy to eat his lunch like he's a human being who's working and so to not cut him that shows that you're really you really need to reevaluate re your view of other people and like your self-worth is obviously way too high because he's he went in and this guy was his fucking servant in his mind yeah like that was his mind this i'm going in and i need a servant to sell me a motorcycle and this servant wants food. <laughs> My brother said this, and I just, it resonated with me. People forget to be human sometimes. Yeah. That's it. All right, well, that's it for us. Thanks for watching episode three. We're going to continue to release one every week. If you want to follow us on our Instagram or our Twitter, we also have our YouTube Clips channel, our YouTube main channel, or any of the podcast platforms that you might be listening to this now. We did just create a Discord. We will be building it. It's still under construction, but we want to try to build a community. Thinking about things like gaming nights, movie nights, just have fun. Talk to us. Ask us anything. Maybe we'll get to that point. You can join the Discord. All right, until next week, have a good one. Yeah. Ha. 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 Ha.